Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're asking the question, can we count on Social Security or is it busted? Is Social Security busted? Is it broken? Uh, Joel, I'm actually super excited that we're going to talk about Social Security this episode because I don't know if we've ever actually <laughs> talked about it over the hundreds of Definitely episodes. Definitely not in depth. Not in depth. We may have talked about it like uh, maybe on like an Ask How to Money episode. How do I maximize my Social Security benefits? Maybe we answered something like that a year ago, that kind of thing. But we've never dedicated an entire episode to Social Security. And so I'm stoked that we really are going to do a deep dive into this thing uh, that so many of us are aware of, but we're not totally sure what to do about it and truly how it's going to affect our lives down the road. Especially with some of the recent headlines about the projected shortfalls of social security like oh you are getting ahead of yourself i know i'm just saying people are probably <laughs> like what's going on and how does this affect me and we're going right. to cover that today uh, before we get to that matt i wanted to ask you a question is it frugal or cheap for me to buy used presents <laughs> for people for christmas and i'll give you the specifics but i kind of want your uh, first so my overall first. general philosophy is yeah. it completely depends on the type of gift okay right like you get a used car for a kid that's a that's a pretty awesome gift, right? Like used cars are that's a, a normal thing. But if you got like some secondhand shoes <laughs> from like a thrift store, that's no bueno. Yeah, um, these have gum in them. Gross. That is not going to fly. <laughs> secondhand shoes or socks, yeah, for that matter, probably not the best gift. I think that would probably be considered cheap. But what did you have specifically okay. in mind? So here's here's what I've done. I uh, someone on Facebook yard sale recently posted a bunch of like the really nice kids trucks the hess trucks oh yeah apparent oh i remember those yeah, no, yeah those oh, they, they're like man. legit they're really good and the hess racing team back in the day i remember the uh, the green they had the race car exactly with the uh oh yeah so my little two-year-old every time he goes over to one of our friend's house uh, houses they have 
a stash of these trucks Ooh. and he instantly like runs for that cupboard truck big truck <laughs> exactly <laughs> and he will sit there and play for hours and so someone posted a bunch of these trucks for sale and it wasn't cheap but they're really really nice trucks and they last a really long time um, but it, it was way 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 less expensive like i'm getting basically like 20 of these trucks for the Holy price God. of like three <laughs> so um yeah so i am buying him used cars and these are going to then uh the, some of these are going to be saved for christmas some for next year's birthday like yeah, just kind of keep keep <laughs> adding to the uh the collection exactly over oh, time that's, that's genius okay all right so yeah in, in this case they're used totally cool but the value proposition is just way better than trying to buy oh, yeah. new ones or buy cheaper versions of those trucks that aren't nearly as cool well especially too uh kind of pinching off the truck hose and only letting a few of them out maybe this Christmas exactly. and then letting some of the other trucks come out next year. I think that's genius because otherwise, if you're going to give them to them all at once, I'm like, dude, is that what you want to introduce into your life? Right. <laughs> 20, 30 different uh, Hess trucks? In, in that case, I'd be like, well, spend the same amount of money and just have less clutter in your life. But the ability for him to kind of grow up with these and for him to maybe take care of them, put them away where they're supposed to go as he gets older, I think that's a super frugal move, dude. And when I said buying a kid's used car, Car. I meant like an actual automobile. Right. Like, <laughs> I know you're going to talk about actual trucks, but I mean, it also depends on um, your financial situation, right? Because there's some individuals where it's like, hey, that's what Christmas looks like for right. a lot of folks. And so obviously you have to be aware of the kind of financial situation that you're in. Um, and, and and you never want to go into debt to buy new stuff right. uh, for gifts if you can't afford it. And if that's the case, you know, giving experiences or uh, homemade gifts, there's so many other ways you can go. Used gifts, I think, is one of those things. Totally. Just be, be thoughtful about the way that you're doing it. Absolutely. I mean, I think even Kate would be down with something. If I Even if I got it at a thrift store, if it was something that she was looking for, yeah. or if it was a vintage item, or like a very high quality item that I would never spend hundreds of dollars on just for this shirt or you know like a nice jacket that kind of thing do people around here they donate all sorts of stuff to the thrift store <laughs> like really nice stuff and i think some of those nicer items would definitely be received well for sure all right well let's keep moving on matt uh, we're drinking a beer uh, on today's episode like we do pretty much every episode this one mm-hmm. is uh, called roosevelt coffee stout it's by olentangy river brewing and listener scott sent this one our way we'll give our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode uh, but matt let's get on to the subject at hand we are talking about social security and we're asking like can any of us count on this money being there when we hit retirement age especially you know, we have a lot of listeners in their 20s and 30s is the system busted or is there going to be something there for me? And we just kind of want to give people an overall picture of what's happening right now um, and then kind of how you can think about the role that Social Security should play in your retirement. And Matt, it makes me think like climate change. It feels like one of those things that we as individuals can have very little impact on. We hear the stories about it. We hear new studies come out and it's hard not to get just kind of like depressed or 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 just assume that there's nothing you as an individual can do on that level to make a difference. Right. Well, I mean, I think a lot of times too, maybe up until recently, it's always seemed like this thing that's just really way off in the distance, right? right like right. it's basically not something that we're ever truly going to get to. Uh, definitely not something we should worry about in our younger years. But in this case, we have seen some of the impacts of climate change in our lives. Yeah, for sure. And so then we begin to ask ourselves questions about how we can respond. Can riding our bikes more or or eating less meat. Like th- those are t- two things that people quickly point to as ways that you as an individual can combat climate change. But w- how is that really affecting things on a global level? Is that going to prevent the next disastrous hurricane, right? Um, th- you know, that one act alone, it can seem doesn't really do all that much. And that is true. But the aggregation of a lot of folks, of all of us taking small actions um, and taking consistent action, it does go a long way. It makes a real difference. And I think the social security system can feel a lot like that, right? It feels like something that we have no control over. We see the headlines and we're like, wait, is there actually going to be any money uh, left for me once I reach retirement age? Or is the system going to be exhausted? <laughs> and, and I will have paid into this thing and gotten nothing in return. I think with that recent news about the Social Security Trust Fund shortfalls happening even sooner than expected, um, it, it can feel like younger folks are unlikely to see much, if anything. Um, and some people have like, written it off altogether. Right. But uh, yeah, we, you, know, you and I, Matt, we don't think that's the case. And we will try to give an accurate picture of what's happening with Social Security and how much stock you should put in it for your future in this episode. 
That's right. Yeah. So let's talk first about why that shortfall is happening. You mentioned that there have been a lot of stories on Social Security recently. And so as you know, our listeners likely know, Social Security tax, it's withheld from every paycheck that you receive. Uh, and when millions of folks lost their jobs early in the pandemic last year, far fewer folks, they were paying into the uh, Social Security system. And so when there's fewer workers paying in uh, than previously assumed, and that money was still being paid out to the current retirees, that's what leads to a shortfall. And so the uh, the Social Security trustees released their annual report at the end of last month. Uh, and they warned that Social Security reserves were going to run out of money one year earlier than expected. Uh, so that's going to happen now in 2033 is the forecast. We'll dive more into the, the details later on. But generally speaking, speaking, that's what's going on here. Uh, and that's a part of why we wanted to tackle this topic of social security, especially since it's not one that we've covered yet here on the show in depth. Uh, and so for our listeners, the, the question we want to answer is, you know, is this something that we should be worried about, you know, given that new report? Can we count on social security still being there by the time we are looking to retire? That's what we're going to talk about today. So let's uh, go ahead and dive in. Yeah, well, first, man, I think we do need to get to the history of social security, why it was created, when it was created and kind of the purpose behind it, because I think sometimes even just kind of the perception about what social security should be for individuals has morphed over time. And we kind of expect it to be this end all be all uh, retirement account for everyone that provides for most of their needs. But that wasn't the goal early mm -hmm. on. When social security was created, it wasn't intended to fund a person's retirement completely. And in fact, the average American didn't live long enough to reach retirement age. Lifespans have dramatically lengthened over the past 100 years. We went from an average lifespan of 53 to an average of 78 years old. Over 100 years. That, yeah, that's... that's <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard to fathom, it's right? It's significant. Right. It really is. The The original intent of the program, it wasn't to make sure that you were able to continue to live life like you had when you were working. It was more akin to an insurance policy, making sure that you weren't destitute if you did end up living an abnormally long life. And I think this context is important so that we can have a proper view of what the social security system is meant to do. It was never meant to allow us to retire in style for like 30 years at the beach uh, in order to you know, live a swell life for decades on end. Um, it really, really was meant to provide for you for a few years if you did outlive the median age. And I just think that's helpful context, you know, as we get into talking about Social Security in this episode. Yeah. If they, uh, you mentioned uh, if you were to ever have lived an abnormally long life. And so when the uh, life expectancy is 53, I guess if you live to be like 58. Like It's yeah. like, whoa, got an old timer over here. <laughs> but let's keep talking about the history. You know, like there, there truly were a lot of changes happening uh, rapidly in the early 1900s uh, that were impacting the way that we viewed retirement, employment, and government involvement in both of those as well. And so like at that time, the prevailing thought was that retirement was similar to kind of like a three-legged stool. Pensions, they were at the heart of this. Basically, employees were guaranteed a percentage of their paycheck if they stayed with the company for uh, you know a number of years, for decades even. Personal savings, that was another leg of that retirement stool. And then Social Security, that was that third leg. Uh, and it has been an important leg you know, to, to ensure that retirees, especially ones who were able to save very little uh, or who, who didn't work for employers that offered pensions, it made sure that they had at least something to live on once they uh, finished working. Yeah, so Social Security has been just this really important part of our country's social safety net. Um, but the, the traditional approach to retirement, Matt, that you just mentioned, that three-legged stool approach, it's just not really relevant for most people today. We don't live in, under a system in which people can expect you know forms of income from all three of those sources. Pensions, obviously. It's, yeah, especially pensions. <laughs> becoming more rare, right? Um, it's maybe as rare as like um, like a toilet paper signing <laughs> last March or something like it's that. It's as rare as a, an affordable 2-1 starter home uh, in today's <laughs> right. housing market. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, and we might have a few listeners who work in the government, who work as teachers, and they still have access to a pension. More power to you, right? Uh, pensions are really, really helpful when it comes to planning for your own retirement. It provides a whole lot more certainty. 
But of course, that's becoming rarer. Uh, that, that makes that Social Security money even more important for a whole lot of workers today. And we would say at the same time, it heightens the need uh, for you to save for your own retirement more effectively, to begin sooner and to save more maybe than you previously thought, because the dynamics have shifted quite a bit. And you just can't expect that anybody else is really going to take care of you in retirement, even though we do believe Social Security will stick around in some form or fashion. That's right. Maybe there's a fourth leg to that stool as well. We, we talked about savings, pensions, Social Security, but family. I mean, think about the, the number of multi-generational uh, households that, that used to exist true. As, uh, as older parents went in to live with their kids who were grown up. And that's definitely true, right? But it's also not something you want to plan on and just assume that your kids sure. are going to house you. Well, expectations have changed, right? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so when the expectations are there or when that's something that has at least been talked about, then that's totally fine. But I would say that that's not typical <laughs> today. It's probably as typical as pensions are, to be honest. Uh, it, it often does come down more to the individual. But before we kind of keep talking about uh, Social Security, let's kind of ask the question, is retirement even a good goal for us to have? You know, I just mentioned how uh, the, the perception started to shift in the early 1900s. Before then, like almost everyone worked until they died, right? The, the idea that you could have years or, or even decades of leisure in your old age was kind of reserved only for just a handful of, of rich folks. The was, landed gentry or something like that, right? <laughs> it was reserved for like the Biltmores, you know? <laughs> or the, uh, the people in... What was that? What's that show that you and Kate used, used to watch? That uh, oh, um, Downton, Downton Abbey, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah th- those people. You have to, yeah, the aristocracy that who's living <laughs> off the land, exactly. Right? And forget about fire, <laughs> right? Like retiring in your thirties, like I mean, that would have been considered a joke a hundred years ago. And so, like, we're big fans of working towards the goal of financial independence. Um, and even though we talk about it much less frequently, saving and investing for retirement is a certainly worthwhile goal. Uh, even though it's uh, it's kind of a newish concept, with the likelihood that you will be living into your 80s uh, or even your 90s, there's no other option. Uh, you've got to save for your retirement. Uh, and so that's why we're talking about this today. It's also good to point out too that like making sure that you have enough money saved for retirement, that shouldn't be your sole focus of, of what you think is going to lead to uh, a happier overall life. There are obviously lots of other factors that you want to keep in mind as you're trying to live uh, a happy life. Foremost among those, fulfilling social relationships, having... Uh-huh. Oh, I thought you were going to say good beer. <laughs> good beer is it's probably like second. It's like relationships, <laughs> beer, family, and beer, mo- and then money. Actually, shoot, you got to have money in order to have decent beer. That's true. So, uh, but I'm just pointing that out. This is how to money. So we're, we're specifically talking about how your finances can lead to you living a happy life. But don't forget that there are lots of other things that you need to keep in mind as well. That's true. Yeah. And, and we're focusing mostly on Social Security today. I think you're right, Matt, to just you know, bring up that topic of retirement in general. It's still a relatively new concept. Um, it, it wasn't something something that people in the 1700s or 1800s aspired to. It is something that is only a few generations old. And so, um, yeah, but, but let's keep talking about Social Security. Is it something you can count on? Or is it, as some have called, a pyramid scheme that you've been paying into that's going to crumble, potentially even in the near future? We'll get to more on that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, 
or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back. And Joel, you know you referred to like the pyramid scheme. I'm pretty sure I've referred to it as a pyramid scheme before. (laughs) How Social Security, how it's like this mandatory pyramid scheme that we all have to pay into. We're required to. Otherwise, uh, we get in trouble with the IRS. Deported to Canada or something, I I think. Yeah, what happens if you don't? (laughs) I guess that's evading taxes. Right, Uh, right. But uh, so let's go ahead and get to the question. Uh, Can you count on Social Security being there? Um, at least in some capacity when you reach retirement age. Uh, And we think that the answer to that is a definitive yes. We're not worried that 2033 will come along and that the benefits will be dramatically cut uh, or that money won't be there to to pay the older Americans who have been paying into the system for decades. But that being said, that doesn't mean that Social Security will exist uh, in its current form or that some hard choices aren't inevitable. We do think that there are probably going to be some changes uh, on the horizon and we'll get to those here in a second. Yeah. And it's our assessment is not just because we're natural optimists. Matt, I don't even know. Are you naturally optimistic? I would say you are. I would say that you are more of an optimist. I'm definitely more of like the realist. It's hard um, for anyone to be more of an optimist than I am. But <laughs> I feel like, I mean, long term, I'm like, everything will be fine. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going to, on the surface, look good. Yeah, I, sure. Like my mindset is that everything's going to be fine because we will adjust regardless of what comes down the pike. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, not that like, oh, everything is going to be, you know, rainbows and butterflies. Hunky dory. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. the thing. It, it, it's not, you know, when we're saying that Social Security will exist and that it will be beneficial for you in retirement, this isn't just some wide-eyed optimism, but there are a lot of facts on the ground to support uh, the reality that Social Security will continue to exist and what yep. you're paying into it, you will get back at some future date. And let's talk about you know politics for just a second. Usually we avoid the subject, but when you're talking about Social Security, it's a necessary part of the discussion. And before you even start, it's worth mentioning, we're not going to like take a sigh like we're right. sorry the other. Like we can talk about it from a political standpoint, but we can talk about it apolitical exactly. a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. We, we really believe though that at some point there is going to be, there must be enough political will and desire to fix this, you know, at some point, someday. Like we don't we don't know sure. when that's going to be. Uh, and you know, in politics, it turns out that politicians like to kick the can down the road, uh, and they like to let someone else tackle the the bigger, most unpopular problems that cost money. Uh, the question, though, I don't think is if it's going to happen, 
but when? Uh, and yeah, we talked to a friend of the show, Matt, and top tier money writer, Ben Carlson, about this a while back on the show. There are just almost no politicians who want to be responsible for ending a program as popular as Social Security has been. Like, yeah. Think about the, the grief and the lack of votes that that politician is going to receive when they start to condemn Social Security or talk about eliminating it or watching it phase out slowly, right? And it's a program that has become necessary for so many people. So yeah. I, I think when you look at it from that angle, there's basically next to no chance that Social Security doesn't continue to remain around and that uh, an eventual fix for the shortfalls that we're seeing doesn't come to fruition at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Regardless of what side of the aisle that you're on, very few folks are going to just let it implode upon itself without having making without having made some sort of change if they're being forced to. Right. <laughs> and right now we're not really being forced to. And that's I think that's a big reason why we're not necessarily going to see uh, see it addressed in the coming years. But I don't know. Uh, I bet it'll be addressed by 2033. Right. <laughs> and, you know, part of the reason, too, that we believe that Social Security is going to be around is it comes down to the fact that this isn't a government giveaway, right? We all pay into the system. Uh, I'm sure uh, there's probably a lot of how to money listeners who wish that they could opt out of Social Security and, you know, instead fund their own retirement uh, more heavily with that additional chunk that you get in your paycheck. I get it. I would probably sign up for that if I could as yeah. well. Uh, actually, in ministers, like if if you're uh, in a certain religion, you can like fill out this form. You can be like a conscientious Social Security objector. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But if you were to do that and if you are uh, some type of minister, make sure that you truly are saving for retirement because there is no social security for you. Yeah, you better be putting extra money away (laughs) if you're falling into that camp. Um, But the fact is, this is the system that we currently have in place. And it it has worked remarkably well for a lot of years. Uh, And so because of that, it's highly unlikely that it's going to change anytime soon. But the fact that every working American is currently funding Social Security on the reg with every single paycheck, that means that Social Security uh, isn't about to go bankrupt, quote unquote bankrupt, as you might have heard in the headlines. Yeah, that's a term that is thrown around, especially has been thrown around in recent days. And it's misleading because it's just not true in the way most people think about the term bankrupt. They just assume like the dissolution of the entire system. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that. Right? Like you're a goner. But that's not the way it is with Social Security. Uh, that trust fund is on the ropes, maybe to use like a, a fighting analogy. And we might need like a little break between rounds to get that pep talk and that little water squirt or something like that. But <laughs> water squirt. does this work? Does this work as an analogy? I don't I know. So, yeah. Giving it a shot. But it, it doesn't mean that it's like, you know, been KO'd it, and it's, right. okay. it's out for the count. Yeah. Yeah. We're slowly seeing, I mean, the funds getting depleted. Honestly, all I can picture now is like a boxer's trainer, like over on the side, just with like a water gun, just like squirting them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking about like a sports bottle. I'm thinking of the movie Rocky and, you know. They weren't, you weren't squirting them with anything. No, nah, but you got a little squirt bottle and you get some, you get some sips in between. Maybe like rounds. a sponge or a rag. That's all what I can think of right then. now is Mike Tyson's knockout, which was one of the greatest video games of all it is, time. It was pretty classic. But, but let's talk about some of the changes, Matt. And like, you know, since almost uh, six in 10 retirees actually find that their main source of income in retirement is Social Security, something is going to have to give. Like we said at the beginning, this wasn't the intent of Social Security, but that is where we have found ourselves as this becoming essentially the the main retirement program, uh, the main source of income for so many Americans. And in 1983, there was a bill that gradually changed retirement age from 65 to 67. You know, we, we could see something else similar happen in the future, changing the date at which you're able to receive your full Social Security benefit, pushing it back just a little bit mm-hmm. to increase the solvency. But, but we're more likely to see something, I would say, like a FICA tax increase that slowly goes up over the decades, something like a 0.1% increase each year, so that we basically barely feel it in any meaningful way way, but it does slowly start to make up for some of the shortfalls that we're seeing. Um, there's also been talk about you know, raising the income cap for paying payroll taxes. So right now, if you're a high income earner, you stop paying FICA tax on any dollar that you earn above 142800 And if they were to raise that cap, that would be another possible tweak to provide you know more funds for the Social Security Trust Fund so that you know we don't run out of money quite so quickly. That's right. Personally, I'm a fan of increasing that age because we talked about earlier how life expectancies have increased dramatically even over yeah. the past, you know, even since like 1983, we've seen the life expectancy uh, increase. And yeah, so, I think if I were picking the solution, that's the one I would pick as yeah, well. But it's also like fewer it, taxes, man. The, the most unlikely <laughs> one because people don't want to be like, dang it, I've been paying into this and now you're telling me I got to wait two more years like yeah. most people don't want to hear that well i think that's but why, it is probably the best solution. yeah well we see it happen gradually as well and so that's why 
I mean, most of our listeners probably aren't uh, looking at the charts, but it's like, okay, you have to work until you're 66 years old plus two months, you know, like, like it's, it's this gradual thing. And so instead of saying, oh, we have to delay retirement by two years, it's like, well, I can, I can go for another two months, uh, makes it a lot more palatable, uh, were that to be the case. And so like you're saying, Joel, whether it's revenue increases or benefit cuts, or actually just a bit of both, that's probably what we're likely to see in the coming years. Who knows what'll actually happen, but we know that no solution is ideal. Very few folks want to see benefits reduced. Nobody wants to be forced to pay more into the system either. Uh, but when you look at the, the context of Social Security, you realize that it wasn't built to be the sole safety net for multiple non-working, not just years, but decades. Uh, and that's what it's become. That's what it's evolved into. Uh, and it's just not sustainable for us to continue to, to lean uh, onto Social Security this way. That's right. Yeah. And so we believe that Social Security, it's not going anywhere. We talked about the the news that's come out of the trust fund running out of money in just 12 years. And it's true, right? The That trust fund is going to run dry 12 years from now if nothing is done. But there's just so much more to it than that. Like Current projections show that there will be enough money to cover three quarters of retiree benefits through the year 2090, even if nothing was done. That's because, like Matt said earlier on, every paycheck, tens of millions of Americans are actively funding the system. You're continuing to pay into it every two weeks. So even if nothing was done, that benefit cut would mean less money per person. Uh, But that's a really, really long time frame, Matt, the fact that through 2090, like it's still sustainable just at lower levels. Um, It it just- That'll cover us. Uh. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Reading that and knowing that, it just made me realize that social security is definitely going to be around for the long haul. Something is going to get done to resolve uh, the shortfalls that we're currently seeing. But even if we do nothing, it's not as dire as so many of those headlines and warnings make it sound. Exactly. Basically, only if somebody comes in and makes it worse, will we not be able to see our social security paid out uh, (laughs) before we die. And so, okay, Okay, you're probably listening to this and you're wondering, okay, well, how do I know where I stand when it comes to like my own social security? Here's what we would recommend for you to do, especially if you're a younger listener, uh, log into my social security at ssa.gov and you can get a, a really good idea of what your current likely social security benefits are going to be based on your work history, based, based on your taxable wages. And you can factor in what your likely income is going to be as well. And you can see the difference in what you're likely to get based on uh, when you opt to take those benefits. So for instance, 62 uh, versus full retirement age versus you know pushing that back even further to, to, to the age of 70. And so as you look at those numbers, know that there's, this, you know, there's still a chance that those projections will actually be accurate for you to depending on how close you are to retirement. But we do suggest planning on having, you know, only 75% of that projection as retirement income instead of counting on that entire amount. You know, if you're listening to this, the chances of you getting 75% of the the forecasted Social Security, I mean, there's a very, very high chance of you at least getting 75% of it. Beyond that, I don't know. I would just consider (laughs) gravy, essentially, if you get beyond that. But exactly factoring in for retirement spending needs, 75% of what is projected when you log in is probably the best rule of thumb for everyone to consider. It's a safe bet. Especially younger listeners. Yeah, because you don't want to, you know, these are are eggs that you don't want to necessarily count before they hatch. And so that's one thing that you can do now. And we'll actually talk more about what to do and, and how to think about the role of Social Security when it comes to your retirement. And we'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs. And it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we're back. We're talking about the most stimulating topic in the world today on how to money, uh, Social Security. And <laughs> most folks would probably say, like, I hope there are folks who did not skip this episode because they're like, oh, my gosh, they're talking about Social Security. Boring. But Social Security, it's exciting. Like, I'm, I'm seriously super stoked that we're talking about Social Security. And we, you know, try to make all these money topics sound as sexy as we possibly can because we find them interesting. And I think, you know, there, there is there's just a general curiosity that you and I have about, like, all things money. And so hopefully that comes across too when we're sharing about these topics. It's like something that we have uh, found compelling enough to wrap up into podcast form to bring to you. Yeah. Even if it seems on its surface like it's a wonky, nerdy conversation. Right. Well, and, and, and especially too when it seems so far off. I mean, you're kind of talking about climate change at the beginning of the episode. Like it almost makes me think of uh, like losing your hair, like going bald. Like when you're younger, you think, ah. That's that's for tomorrow me to think about. Like I'm not worried about losing my hair right now. But the older you get, you're kind of like, all right, maybe it's start. You know, it's time to start thinking about like if I'm losing my hair, start wearing the ball cap more. <laughs> or maybe like you, there's like gels or creams that you can buy, or maybe you can like go the the all natural routes and maybe like alter your diet or but, like shave it off. Or sh- <laughs> but so much of it comes down to genetics, and so because of that, there's there's so little of it that we can directly control. But there are other things that we can do, like you said, Joel, like uh, either shave it or wear a ball cap. But even if this isn't something that you're directly dealing with now, I think a lot of our listeners are probably uh, nowhere near retirement age. 
we still think that it's something good to be thinking about, uh, to be proactively planning towards, and that's actually what we're going to talk about next. No doubt. So let's talk about practical steps here. Um, you know, we have been talking about what's happening with Social Security in general, and you know, we believe there's no way that you're not going to see at least a good portion of what you've been promised in the future. But what should you do, and how should you think about Social Security? Because we don't want you thinking about it a whole lot, because it's mostly out of your control. But there are still a few things you should consider, and few things you should do. One of the best ways. Matt, for our listeners to ensure that they're getting more money uh, when it comes to their monthly check from Social Security someday in the future is to delay uh, the time in which they take Social Security. You, you mentioned the different amounts that you're going to see on my Social Security uh, on the, that website. And it's crazy how much uh, different the amount of that monthly check is if you take it at 62 versus if you wait to take it at age 70. Um, it, as you reach retirement age, the longer that you wait, the more you're going to, uh, the fatter the check's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so taking Social Security at a later date, it's not best for every single person, uh, but it is good advice for most people, right? There are important factors to consider, including how healthy you are. Um, But for most folks, it's best to wait longer in order to maximize that check. That's one thing that everybody can do. The the power is in your hands to wait and take Social Security until a later date. That just means a bigger paycheck every single month for decades to come, hopefully. That's right. Yeah. And that often means working longer, working uh, into your later years as well. Uh, And the great thing is that many jobs actually can be done into your later years. Uh, That wasn't nearly as much the case uh, 100 years ago. And hopefully you can even kind of phase out of the workforce over time. Like it doesn't have to be uh, all or nothing. You know, you don't have to go from working 55 hours a week to just kicking back and sitting on your rocker at home or or, or being at the beach full time. Or your rocker at the local Cracker Barrel playing checkers, (laughs) which is, you know, another fine choice in retirement. Uh, so, I mean, I wanted to mention that because planning to work, you know, at least some uh, as you get closer to retirement age is going to help your finances. Uh, and it provides uh, a lot of other intangible benefits as well. Oftentimes it gives you some of that additional purpose in your life. Exactly. And I think you're right, Matt. It's so much easier to work longer than it ever was before because we are staying healthier into our later years, too. And work has gotten, for many people, less labor-intensive. It's also helpful to get creative when it comes to what work looks like for you as you age. There was just a story, Matt, in the LA Times actually recently about grandfluencers. Have you heard about this trend? Uh, I have not. Okay, so it's fascinating. Uh, Becoming a social media influencer apparently isn't just for the incredibly young anymore. Okay. But it's also for folks who are in their 70s and 80s, and they're starting to make some (laughs) side hustle income uh, by being on TikTok and Instagram. They're giving maybe like beauty tips or doing gardening videos, and yeah, they're making real money on the side by uh, taking these videos on their iPhone or whatever and uploading them and developing a following. (laughs) So I think there's just nothing that says that you have to work uh, for the same employer or even in the same industry. So yeah, when people are thinking, okay, you know, working long Longer, that's not necessarily what I wanted to hear. Well, it doesn't mean doing the same work that you've been doing. There's so many options for you to slide over into doing something else. And it might not pay as much as the job that you were doing was, but it'll maybe be less hours and more fulfilling, uh, provide some of that side income that's necessary to help you delay taking Social Security, which obviously provides just major financial returns uh, the, the longer you wait. That's right. And of course, another way to make sure that you have enough money set aside for retirement, in addition to any Social Security funds that you might receive, is to make sure that you are investing independently, you know, on your own. Uh, And also to consider increasing how much money that you're socking away, uh, because uh, increasing what you put into your 401k by a minimum, let's just say of like 1% every year, that's just a a good goal to have as you are able to to ramp up your savings. Just put it on autopilot so you don't even have to think about it. You can also automate your contributions to a Roth IRA. That's another way to, to DIY it and to build up a substantial nest egg. Personal savings have always been a part of the, uh, you know, the the multi-legged retirement income stool. But the actions that you take now, they're going to have an enormous impact on how comfortable that you'll be when you do get to that point that you no longer want to work or uh, when you're at the point to where you're no longer able to work anymore. I think that's a really important point too, Matt, in this discussion is sometimes we're planning for the future that we're hoping for and not uh, for some of the potential downsides. You might actually have the desire to work until you're 80, 
but economic or health circumstances could actually prevent that, uh, could prevent you doing so. So we would say just another important caveat to that is to uh, not plan for your retirement under just best case scenarios. You know, realize that you might not be able to work as long as you hoped, as long as you hope to. It's it's possible to save and invest uh, too much and not enjoy some of the fruits of your labor. Now we try to talk about that on the show. You know, uh, enjoying your money while you still can, while you're young, and not sucking everything uh, away for the future. But there aren't Matt really that many folks that fall into that camp. We certainly do want to prevent oversaving, over-investing, uh, mm-hmm. just thinking about the future and only the future, not living in the present. But yeah, putting more money in those tax-advantaged retirement accounts is the real answer to planning for a future that will likely include smaller Social Security benefits, or maybe even that inability to work, even if you want to. That's right. And as we look ahead, it's important to, to remember that the specifics regarding Social Security are completely subject to change. Right? As we mentioned earlier, uh, there will have to be some concessions to keep Social Security afloat for the next generation. Uh, but no one can be sure what those adjustments will actually look like and, and how they'll affect the benefits that you are likely to receive in the future. Uh, we've basically kind of got to do our best while flying somewhat blind here. We're, we're kind of in the fog. And so plan on Social Security being there for you, but don't just blindly plan on receiving the full amount uh, that it says when you log into my social security. Uh, if it tells you, hey, you're going to be receiving, you know, three grand a month, it's like, well, maybe you should only count on 2200 of that. Yeah, yeah. I think this is just another reason that you know what you said, Matt, about investing independently is so important. Of course, you want to make sure that you have enough socked away to pay the bills that you're going to have in retirement, right? That's the practical numbers and accounting side of the equation. But don't forget about the that emotional security that comes with no knowing that you're going to have more than enough set aside for yourself. You know, unfortunately, those who are more dependent on Social Security for their retirement are likely going to be experiencing more of an emotional roller coaster right. in the coming years as you know changes to benefits are made. If you're waiting to see what the cost of living adjustment is going to be and whether it's going to be enough to counteract the inflation that you're seeing in your life, that's a tough situation to be in, uh, to have that as your primary main source of retirement income. So it's important to develop that your own three-legged stool. (laughs) You are more in charge of that than ever before. Uh, And Social Security can be an important part of that. But if that is the main part of that, uh, that's what we would say. You got to take some more action and make sure that you're doing uh, even more uh, right now to prepare for that eventual retirement date. Yeah, that's right. We don't want our listeners uh, especially to, to be jerked around by the changing laws. We want you to have as much agency uh, when it comes to your retirement uh, as possible. And so, yeah, Joel, this is why we're, again, we're huge fans of you taking the reins of your own financial future because Social Security, it's going to be there in some form and it'll be a helpful benefit in retirement. But Social Security should be a supplement to your retirement spending. Uh, Don't bank on it being your your main source of income. Uh, And it would be particularly excellent if you're able to save and invest in such a way that the Social Security money that you receive someday truly is. It's just like the cherry on top. It's just like you said, Joel, earlier. It's just the gravy. It's extra. Because something will need to be done at some point to address the issues with Social Security. And it'll be truly interesting to see when uh, the political will to make these adjustments will actually come along. Uh, But we just want our listeners to know that likely you are going to be okay. Uh, You are likely going to receive a very large chunk of what it's forecasting, especially if you are an older listener. The closer you are to retirement, the less likely it is that you're going to be affected by any of these changes that uh, might be coming down the pike. All right, Matt, did we do it? Do we make Social Security not boring? Do we? Uh, I think so. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, we provided some good information there. And uh, hopefully, more than anything, it was just a little bit reassuring. And yeah, exactly. sometimes having that information on hand, I know it made me feel better. <laughs> like when I read that stat about 2090 being the date that uh, mm-hmm. with se- at a reduced benefit level, I was like, oh my gosh, that's a really, Pretty really much long time. <laughs> anybody who's listening right now is going to be fine. Yeah. You're at least, like, yeah, like you said, you're at least going to receive 75% of your benefit. And that's assuming that no changes are made. Right. And I think there's a good chance that changes are going to be made. And if you're in your 20s and you're really, really concerned about your great grandkids, well, then I don't, I, I can't offer anything <laughs> super helpful <laughs> for that worry. But yeah, for, for most of us who are alive right now, there there is a lot of hope, I think, given some of these numbers. But, That's right. Uh, let's get back to the, the beer that we had on today's show, Matt. This one's called Roosevelt Coffee Stout. It's by Olentangy River Brewing. Listener Scott sent this one our way. Yeah. What were your thoughts on this beer? 
That's right. Yeah, this is the second Olentangy beer that we've had. Uh, and I think the one word that I'll use to describe this beer is super smooth. Well, I guess that's two words. <laughs> smooth. <laughs> I was like, was that hyphenated super it's, smooth? Uh, it's like milk chocolate almost. You know, like there are some coffee stouts that we get or just bigger Russian imperial stouts where it's just like, man, there are, like, there are tons of roasted cocoa nibs. There are a lot of like some of those bigger, smokier flavors. Not this one, man. This was just really smooth, really easy to drink. It had those nice, subtle coffee notes uh definitely kind of like a light to medium roast uh not a medium to dark roast where you would pick up those super roasty notes uh i don't feel that they had that going on and it made this a a really drinkable beer what were your thoughts yeah man it tasted like a milk chocolate hershey's bar with just a little bit of coffee thrown in there so i think we're we're picking up the same vibes yep it was it was smooth it was a little bit sweet not overly sweet and it uh as you know we're in the fall now fall time it's kind of nice to have a nice stout again because (laughs) i feel like summer no stouts for me but uh yeah still when, drink them occasionally occasionally but, yeah. but when the fall rolls around when it starts to get cool at night is, i'm like yeah. okay it's stout weather so it, it is it's nice to have some of those perfect time beers no and, doubt and that being said this isn't like one of those massive stouts either like True. this is, truly is just like a nice easy drinking coffee stout and earlier on too you, you said is there lactose in this because it, um, it does almost have like this kind of lactose milk stout quality to it if you happen to be near this brewery maybe you've not branched out and tried some of these different beers before i would highly recommend this one this is a, a an easy way to try a new style without uh, overly assaulting the senses <laughs> <laughs> no doubt all right that's going to do it for this episode for uh show notes for this episode and links to any of the resources that we mentioned including where to go get your personalized uh, social security statement from the federal government we'll have that link and more up on our website at howtomoney.com that's right and up there we'll also post joel's social security number which is 27365 I'll stop there. (laughs) I just made those numbers up, by the way. Um, Now, if you are listening to this show and you have not subscribed, make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any future episodes. And if you are subscribed and you haven't left us a review yet, wherever you listen, but specifically over at Apple Podcasts, that helps tremendously. It helps others to find the show. And that's going to hopefully help them to make smarter decisions with their money uh, so that they can be less reliant on Social Security down the road. We'd appreciate if you did that for us. And thanks in advance for that. Joel, that's going to be it, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.